Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning. Good morning. It's the last day of October, which means. It's technically the last day of Pastor Appreciation Month, and we here at Faith Radio really, really, really want to encourage your pastor. And so today's the day. If you haven't done so already, please log on to MyFaithRadio.com and help us encourage your pastor. It's the very first thing you're going to see there on the website. Um, You just fill out a very simple form, and we will um, send your pastor a note of appreciation and a gift card for a cup of coffee, just as a literally a token of our appreciation to remind them that they are seen and appreciated and loved. And so help us out um, by supplying that information at myfaithradio.com. Yes, it's also Halloween and All Hallows' Eve and Reformation Day. There's a lot going on. So um, Christian considerations for Halloween. Well, here you go. Um, It's a spiritual day. I mean, it's it's an expressly... American, like weird American holiday of sorts. It's the Day of the Dead in Mexico. Um, Halloween is, I mean, I'm going to use the word celebrated, which is like ah, such a hard word for me to use in relationship to such a dark day. But it is celebrated by an increasing number of people around the world. Um, Americans are going to spend something like six to ten billion dollars, billion with a B, which is crazy in the days in which we live to think about um, wasting such money on such a thing. But there you go. So I want to have a little bit of a different conversation than, you know, should Christians dress up and go trick-or-treating? It is a good opportunity for you to turn on your front porch light and welcome people to your home. Um, You know, it it is a good opportunity to do that, right? To meet the neighbors and bless children. Like, so stay focused on that uh, in terms of participating in the activities of of the community. But let me also say this, spiritual spirits are real. And there's a very real dark spiritual realm. I mean, read Ephesians 6. Uh, if you need a, an author that writes on this all the time, Michael Heiser is a, is a good place to look. Um, I've been thinking this morning in terms of singing the faith, because we talked about today's growing your faith verse of the day. And um, and that led me to, on Christ the solid rock, I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, which will give you some indication of the passage of Scripture we talked about from Matthew chapter 7, and Jesus' teaching on the wise and the foolish builders. You can listen to that in um, in the first hour of today's Mornings with Carmen program. But here, I want to talk about another wonderful, beloved hymn of the church, and that's A Mighty Fortress is Our God. When you, when you think about the spiritual realm and you think about spiritual forces, this is a really good hymn to have tucked away in your heart. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amidst the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still, our ancient foe, that's the devil, by the way, for still, our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His 
craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate, on earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing? (laughs) Were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing? Doth ask who that might be? Well, Christ Jesus, it is he, Lord Sabaoth his name, from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness, grim. We tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word will fell him. The word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindreds go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. So my encouragement today is to focus on uh, the bigness and the power and the victory of God, not on um, the devil who is a liar and father of lies, who's practiced in deception and division and depression and discord and discouragement and literally seeking to devour you this very moment. Resist him. Suit up against him. Um, We don't cower before the enemy of God. No, we put on the full armor of God and we take our stand. Ephesians chapter 6. So let's be people who today who, you know, transform Halloween a little bit into Reformation Day. Today, by putting on the full armor of God. We're going to talk with Mindy Bells about what in the world is going on in the world. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Mindy Bells is back with us. You can read what she's writing on her Substack, Mindy Bells, B-E-L-Z dot Substack dot com. Mindy, good morning. Good morning, Carmen. Wow, there is an awful lot going on um, in the world today. I'm just reading this morning that some 40% of the people of Kiev are now without water because of um, strikes today by Russia. We're hearing um, very, very sad reports out of South Korea and India and Somalia today. You have um, some headlines for us um, as well. Talk with us about what is going on um, at some hot spots in the Middle East. Well, actually, we can report some good news, I think. How about we do that? <laughs> Fantastic. Let's start there. Let's start with good news. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's pretty amazing. A few, even just a few weeks ago, no one thought this, you know, seemingly kind of low-level news story, this maritime agreement between Israel and Lebanon would happen. And what we have to understand is without it, there is this constant friction in this tiny sliver of the Mediterranean that is actually pretty rich in natural gas. And so Israel and Lebanon have been contesting that area. And anytime anyone wanted to do some exploration, there was a risk of, you know, Hezbollah and Hamas responding with cruise missiles and things like that and and rocket launches. And so So the U.S. stepped in and has been in this tight negotiation that they concluded. And it wasn't even clear, even after it was concluded a few weeks ago, that it would actually be signed off on. But last week, um, both the leaders of Israel and the leaders of Lebanon have signed off on it. It's you've got um, 
I would say fragile governments in both countries right now, elections coming up just within days. And so the leadership is potentially going to change, but there is enough support for resolving this issue that it looks like it will go through. And, um, and that's just really good news. It's like the thing that didn't happen is something that we want to celebrate is that um, it, and, and at a time of energy scarcity and just a lot of energy politics and wrangling in the world to think that some um, exploration in the Mediterranean might go forward. I think it will change the game with Turkey, which is contesting also maritime rights with Greece that have to do also with uh, oil and gas exploration. These are things we don't think about, but things that directly affect us when they go bad. Yeah, and and could potentially um, positively affect us if they proceed on the current trajectory. So that's a very good news story, and um, and thank you for highlighting it um, with us. Let's um let's pivot and talk about Iran. We have ongoing protests in Iran. We are now past the forty day mark in terms of of what's happening there. Can you bring us up to date? Well, yes. The um I. I the most remarkable thing is that here we are uh, at the, at this stage, and the, and the protests seem just as strong as ever. And if you um, see some of the Telegram and, and and Twitter feeds overnight from some of these uh, people who are documenting what's happening, it's just remarkable. It's it's men, it's women, it's it's cities all across the country. The government is not able to shut down. These people, they've arrested hundreds, they've brutalized many of them, and yet the protests continue. So there is just this fervent desire to see the leadership change. But, you know, the the sad news is that the leadership, if anything, is wrangling into a more hardline direction. And you have, we, we do get reports of um, inner battles between who's the most conservative, who's the most radical. But you have, in particular, President Hassan Rouhani, who people hoped would be a moderate. He's very interesting to watch throughout this because he's actually seeming to move further and further into the what we would call radical Islamic direction, the direction that wants to suppress dissent, that wants to keep women fully covered, even if they don't want to be fully covered, fully veiled. Um, that was the thing that started these protests. And he seems to be moving in the direction to sort of appease the Ayatollahs who have also kept this clamp down on um, free exercise of thought and religion in Iran. He seems to be determined to stand with them. And that that's pretty disconcerting. There's just not a lot of room at the top for dissent right now. I want to be um, lifting this up as a prayer concern as you are, um, as you're considering um, the plight of people around the world. Students are continuing to protest in large numbers today at some of Iran's uh, main universities, despite a warning from the head of Iran's uh, Revolutionary Guard that Saturday was to be the, quote, last day of protest. And so this has uh, this is ongoing, and um, these students and then those who are aligning with them, um, you know, are definitely standing up uh, to the what they view as the repression of the Ar- Iranian regime, um, and we want to be, you know, we want to be praying that freedom would find its way into the lives of these individuals. We're going to continue our conversation with Mindy Bells in just a moment as we consider what in the world is going on in the world. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. 
Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here, and we all need prayer. And, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com and then be assured of our prayers for you in the spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. As we survey international headlines with Mindy Bells, I want to encourage you to follow her substack, Mindy Bells, B-E-L-Z dot substack dot com. Mindy, um, maybe give us uh, a bit of an update on the situation in Ukraine. Well, I'm going to to challenge your number, Carmen, because uh, what I'm seeing reported, uh, and it's by Yaroslav Trofimov, who's excellent reporter in Kiev, is that 80% of homes oh my goodness. are without tap water today. And, you know, he, ma- he makes an excellent point, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, that this is purely because Russia has chosen to attack civilian in- infrastructure. And, and by that, we mean homes. We mean apartment buildings. Um, he's been unable to win against Ukraine's military. And so he is going all out with deliberate war crimes. Um, this is is what we saw happening in Syria. And, you know, it, it wasn't as, as dramatic and as strategic perhaps to most Americans, but I think, you know, this kind of war fighting is just something that I, I, I don't know what the, the solution is to it, but it's definitely of concern. Um, what happens to Ukraine, how they rebuild, how they get people back into their houses is directly uh, going to impact whether or not they can hold on to a country, even if they sustain a military victory. And, um, and, and that's the current situation. I'm seeing news today of bombings of, of dams that threaten hundreds of thousands of people, bombings of water facilities near Zaporizhia, which, you know, we've talked about a lot of the nuclear power facility that Russia has also endangered there. The UN has stepped in to kind of um, make a deal. So, so Russia is fighting a thug war. And I, th- I think we have to keep coming back to what a threat that is to the entire world, that you have one of the largest militaries unable to mount a significant, any kind of significant progress in a country that it's invaded, is now just directly attacking the population as a way to basically destroy the country. Mm. Um, we want to be you know, lifting up prayers, and we also want to be encouraging our lawmakers to, um, you know, to continue to support Ukraine's efforts. Um, let's pivot briefly here to South America. I know that uh, Brazil has been in the election process. Um, they did not successfully uh, elect a president, and they therefore it went to a runoff election. Tell people what happened um, yesterday and last night in Brazil's runoff election. Well, it appears from all indications that um, the former president, uh, Lula da Silva, 
has narrowly defeated uh, President Jair Bolsonaro, who is seeking a second term. Jair Bolsonaro is, is you know, has could fairly be described as a far right politician, but he's garnered a lot of support from the evangelical movement. And we know that, you know, Brazil is one of the countries, is a country with largest and fastest growing Christian, one of the largest and fastest growing Christian populations in the world. And so, you know, as we've seen in the United States, the evangelical block becomes a very important voting block to these politicians. And it's it's interesting because of, I think, some of the parallels that we've seen in the United States when, that we saw in the 2020 election, that um, a number of, of evangelicals who were dissatisfied with Bolsonaro partly because of his his style of politics, but also very significantly because he did not take steps as we actually did in this country to address the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, the numbers there are striking. Brazil lost nearly 900,000 people to COVID-19 and in this country that's much smaller than the United States. And that's parallel to our death rate here. Um, and so he's taken, I mean, that's one of the things that voters are citing. One of the key things that they're citing is, is making, disaffecting them. What that does is throw the country into um, the left's camp. And Lula da Silva is, is a very checkered politician. He, he was sentenced to five years in jail for corruption and money laundering um, in, a, in a case that you, you can Google car wash and read all you want to about it. I mean, it was just a disastrous scandal. He was actually later exonerated, but it all seems to have played out on a political level more than a legal level. So he comes in with a, a lot of um, uh, shadow, I would say, over his, uh, another presidency. And um, at this point, Jair Bolsonaro has not conceded the election. So we're going to see what happens there. It's going to be something worth watching. Very close runoff election. And, you know, some potential parallels here in the United States in terms of evangelical voters being excited about a particular candidate and then uh, a growing disaffection for that candidate and how it just changes the calculus in the country when, um, you know, when particular religiously affiliated people um, align themselves in one direction or another. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm now reading, you know, headlines about uh, the bombing in Somalia, a uh, hundred killed in terrorist attacks claimed um, by Al-Shabaab. Remind us, um, remind us of who is Al-Shabaab and remind us about um, just, you know, some context when we read headlines and it just says Somalia and we say to ourselves, I can't even quite place that on a map. Well, it's a it's a long and sad story, and um, Al Shabab is is a, originally an Al Qaeda linked um, Sunni Muslim terrorist movement that is is probably one of the most deeply entrenched in the Horn of Africa, and um, not only continuing to strike against the government in Somalia, but also into Kenya, into Uganda. Um, if you think about like the siege at the shopping mall in Nairobi, one of the largest cities in Africa, um, that was an Al-Shabaab attack. And and so I, th- I think it's deeply concerning how Al-Shabaab, in spite of a U.S. mobilized um, military movement, most people don't realize that we have a mobilization force in the Horn of Africa, um, that President Biden kind of redoubled some of their efforts recently because of these kinds of attacks. Um 
but they just seem to continue to be able to strike at will. The, the long story of the Somali government being so weak and so degraded, you know, has to do with the United States. We stepped in there back in the United States, back in the 1990s and, um, and then pulled out precipitously, which will remind people of other conflicts, the way that we pulled out of Iraq, the way we pulled out of Afghanistan, and it left the country in shambles. Um, and we have not, you know, continued with what I think are reasonable, ongoing kinds of stabilization forces that would keep some of this um, at bay. And so al-Shabaab has basically had rule of the country. They have not been able to to um, stand up a, a reasonable government there. And we see just tragedy after tragedy there. Mm. Thank you for um, paying attention to and keeping your finger on the pulse of what's happening in the world and then helping us um, understand it as well. Mindy Bells, you guys can follow her and her Globetrot blog. She has a substack, mindybells, B-E-L-Z dot substack dot com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge and this is Faith Radio. I'm Carmen LaVerge, listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. If I were to ask you what you're thinking about, what's on your mind? Could you even answer the question? Like, there's so many people who are like, I'm not really thinking about anything. But you are having thoughts. There are voices in our heads all the time. And um, that's actually what pushes us to act in certain ways. And so I want the dominant voice in my head to be the voice of Jesus. I want every thought to be taken captive to him. But I also recognize that um, along the way, I have given real estate in my mind to other voices. And so we want to take those thoughts captive today. What would it look like to hold that thought? What would it look like to sort through the voices in our heads? Well, we're going to do that next with Jim Fadlings. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Welcoming back Jem Fadling to the show. You can find her at unhurriedliving.com. All the socials are available there as well. Um, this is a conversation that I've been looking forward to um, because I want uh, to live an unhurried life. I want to be the person that Jim has told me in the past I should be. And um, and then in this book, I find out that we are more alike than I, I could have ever hoped um, because she's not perfect either. So hold that thought, sorting through the voices in our heads. Jim, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Well, thank you for having me. What a great intro. We are a lot real. You're like a real person. Like so you true. don't have a perfectly unhurried life. And it makes me so happy that just to not not that you struggle, but to know that I don't struggle alone. Yeah, I've been hearing all that that feedback a lot that people appreciate that I'm kind of telling on myself because we are real and we are all living a real life. 
Yeah. So tell us, um, tell us your story because like you're the founder of Unhurried Living and you know, like, so right, you should be the bright, shiny, unhurried person. And yet, and yet anxiety and stress are, um, you know, they keep creeping in. So just, just tell us the story that you start with in the book, because I think that will help people understand, um, why we're having the conversation we're having today. Yeah. Well, it, I've struggled with anxiety. That's my big, um, pressure moment my whole life all the way back to childhood just worried about the future all the time nervous about things and so when my husband and I began unhurried living about seven years ago it's pretty much our life's work but it was a brand new thing and and sort of an organization that you have to create and a lot of things got heightened for me inside myself as we were building and about yearly I would just run into a severe bout of exhaustion that was caused by um, anxiety. I would be worried and fretting and different voices would come in like the stressed achiever. You know, you're not doing this good enough. Other thoughts of what will people think Um, you need to keep pushing because how is this going to happen? And I would just find myself on the other end of a very anxious, horrible sensation. Well, Here's the real part. The fourth time this happened, and yes, I said fourth (laughs) yearly experience of this, even though, yes, I run an organization called Unhurried Living, I was worrying myself into an anxiety attack. And so it was more debilitating than before. I was able to rally each time, but this fourth time, I couldn't figure out how to get my heart to slow down. I couldn't figure out how to get my brain to stop moving at such a pace. And so I called my former therapist and he did help me. There was a pretty easy, actually, um, practice that I did to calm my body, to uh, calm that sense of adrenaline flow. And so once I learned that, we ended up going on a trip to Italy, which we had been planning for a year for our 34th anniversary. And as much as it was a romantic getaway, I was now on a mission and I had a very deep heartfelt prayer to God, please, Lord, I'm evidently not managing this well, as is evidenced by my anxiety attack. Can you please help me show me another level, another way of living and leading that doesn't lead to this much fretting? And God was so faithful. He did speak to me in the different Italian cathedrals and show me a new way because my prayer was so desperate. And I'll just briefly share the four insights that God gave me that really helped me get on a new path of thinking and feeling and living. And the first was to begin with gratitude. I was trying to be excited about everything and make everything happen. And the Holy Spirit was just simply inviting me to pause to look, to see, and to give thanks. And then I was downstairs in a cathedral and sitting in front of this big, huge painting of the Last Supper, and there was the bread for communion, and I heard the phrase that I hear every week during communion at church, which is, this is my body given for you, a tone of love. And on the heels of that was this phrase, stop pushing, stop trying, and stop angsting, which is exactly what I was doing. And then I was told the fourth and final thing, and yet another cathedral, which was straight from scripture. Um, And it was this phrase, you already have what you need. 
And that's Second Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. And so now I was armed with some new thinking. Rather than pushing, trying, and angsting, I was invited to gratitude. I was invited to remember the love of Jesus. And I was invited to remember that I have what I need to make my way. That's so good. Um, I have so many of these things um, in my notes to talk with you about. And so I'm so glad that you just jumped right in with them. Um, I think that the the gratitude piece, the pausing piece is so good and so helpful. Um, and just the acknowledgement to pause and recognize that I'm loved. That also keeps me mindful. I love this part where you say, you know, we're not machines that can endlessly crank out a product. Um, more like a fruit tree than a widget factory. I think that the planting, the cultivating, the growing, the time, like I can't make something grow. I can't. Right. I can't. That's like not something I can do. And so the why would I have angst about that? Like I can't do that. God gives the growth. I think there were just so many points in the book where you you pivot me back. Um, but the invitation really is this Romans um this Romans 12 invitation for the renewing of the mind. Talk with us about how this is God's work. I could let this be God's work in my life, the renewing of my mind. Yeah, what a beautiful invitation. You know, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I love that because it's in the passive. Mm -hmm. It says, be transformed which is exactly what you said. God is transforming. So then my posture changes and it becomes a posture of cooperation. And so often cooperating feels on a different side of the coin, I suppose, than all the pushing I was doing, right? The trying, the angsting, the making something happen. So then the question becomes, what does it mean to cooperate with what God is already doing in me? And that's where unhurried living comes in. Yeah, that cooperating. I mean, my husband and I talk about this frequently. It's just, just every single day I need to be reminded that, you know, the Holy Spirit is dwelling within me and God desires to bring me today by one degree of glory to another more into the conformity, you know, with who Christ is. But I got to cooperate with that. So am I going to actively cooperate with the Holy Spirit um, within me? And you brought that to mind as well. I want to talk about the... Um, the thoughts in our heads, right? And the way that you personify them, you actually like give them enough substance that I can look at them and I can interact with them. So can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, you could pick any one of them here. You could talk about the anxious controller or the inner critic or the positive thinker or the passive spectator, like whichever one, like talk, talk with us about our thoughts and how we hold a thought and then how we kind of personify that so we can engage with it. Yeah, so I did name them. I named seven. Of course, there's there's so many more voices in our heads. I understand that. But I tried to choose names that sort of, um, most of us have probably dealt with at least one of them. And most of the people I talk with have dealt with all of them. So basically, what I like to do is envision um, a dining table when I'm interacting with these voices, because the big practice that I introduce in the book is called Notice, Discern and respond. And I call it NDR for short. So for example, if you take the stressed achiever, and not that I have, I know anything about her, of course. <laughs> this, she's just, she wants to achieve something and let's just add a little stress to keep that engine going, right? 
So worried about a lot of things, tasks, action items, all of that stuff. Well, if I have an inner dining table, remember the old fashioned table, it's long, it's rectangular, and the mom and dad sit at the head and the kids are on the side. Well, inside of me, I have my own dining table, but I get to sit at the head of the table because I'm. it's my life, right? And so what happens often is one of these voices, like the stressed achiever, will sit in that head seat and I won't realize it. I, w- I will be some, somewhere else in the room or maybe I'm sitting in another chair, but um, this, uh, this stressed achiever is you know, never satisfied, doesn't want to rest, kind of becomes a taskmaster. So I notice by looking over at the table and I realize the stressed achiever is sitting there. So I, as calmly as I can, I can walk over to the chair and say, thank you so much. Thank you for attempting to help me right now. I'm going to ask you to get up and go sit on another in another chair. And then I sit down at the head. And that's noticing, oh, someone else is behind the wheel right now calling the shots and it's not helping me. And so then I can move to discernment, right? Now I have a conversation. We never want to shame or guilt these voices because at their best, they are trying to help, however misguided. And so now I can ask questions and get curious and become honest with myself, right? And then I can respond, well, this isn't helping me. Maybe I could have another way. So just the quickest little example is if I notice the stressed achiever sitting there, I can thank her for her, for her help. And I'm saying, actually, this isn't helping me right now. I'm getting too anxious. I'm not flowing in the gift of peace, joy, or love right now, which I actually want to. And so for now, I'm going to pivot my thinking and choose to remember that God has called me. God loves me. I could do my best right now. I could offer what I have. I could leave the results to God. And so I make a little shift inside my head. And that's, that's just a quick example of how that might work with one voice. All right. Are you, um, are you, you know, you're struggling uh, you you aren't living an unhurried life, but you desperately want to. Um, you are a high achiever and you want to continue to achieve, but you also want to do so in a way that that honors God and honors your own life as well. That is really um, the subject matter of this book. Hold that thought, sorting through the voices in your head, uh, in our heads. And uh, yeah, we're giving away copies today. So if you want to enter the drawing, text the word book to 877-933-2484. We'll be right back with more with Jim Fadling. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. You say I'm loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I'm weak. We're talking with Jem Fadling, author of Hold That Thought, also uh, co-founder, co-host of Unhurried Living. You can find um, she and her husband at unhurriedliving.com. 
com. Hold that thought, sorting through the voices in our heads. Um, you and I uh, have lots of voices in there, the stressed achiever, the positive thinker, the inner critic, the anxious controller, the complaining victim, the passive spectator, the unsettled heart. Jem helps us move um, from uh, move those voices from, you know, the head seat at the dinner table of our mind, um, you know, to their rightful and appropriate spot. Um, Jim, help us, uh, invite us to make or help us make, you know, sort of that great pivot from, um, you know, from stressed achiever to living with intention um, or any of the other ones. Like, how do you, how do you make the pivot? Well, let's talk about that in a, in a meta way first, and then we can move to an actual voice. But I love, of course, Romans 12 that we began with. Can you can you shift in your thinking that you are cooperating with God? You don't have to make something happen. If you pause even for a moment, you can notice that God has been growing and changing and forming you over the course of your whole life, and you can continue to practice responding to that. And there's another beautiful quote by Holocaust survivor uh, Viktor Frankl that says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our power to choose our response. And in our choice lies our growth and our freedom. And so another way to pivot is to remember that there is a space between stimulus and response. Normally we're going so fast that that stimulus response happens all day long and we we just don't, we're not aware. So believe that there's a space and then make your choices in that space. I talked about notice, discern, and respond before. NDR. NDR is a beautiful practice to put inside that space. And so, for example, if we go back to the stressed achiever, the invitation for the stressed achiever, since she's so bent out of shape about everything and wants to keep moving, is that you could, first of all, shift your thinking to intention and direction, as opposed to products I'm cranking as fast as I can to keep up with what's going on. Pause for a moment and look inside. What do you actually intend, right? When it comes to your soul, intention is just more gentle. So if you, instead of being the harsh taskmaster on yourself, what do you intend? If your intention is good, notice that and try to move from that. And the direction, which direction are you headed? Are you headed in a helpful direction? Are you headed in the direction uh, to which God has invited you? If you aren't, then pivot. If you are, then let that be good enough. So we, the stressed achiever is so bent out of shape all the time because um, they're trying to prove themselves. But if your intention is to love God, if your intention is to walk this journey with him, then let that be okay for now and see if the tension can ease up just a bit. So, Jim, one of the things I, I genuinely appreciate is you don't you don't tell me in here that I have to become um, an unachiever. I don't have to become right. a passive like right. You're still right. this is still action oriented. This is still production focused. Um, you talk about um, you know action, but you also talk about action in the context of of a pattern of action and reflection. So that yes. what I'm doing is meaningful. 
um, because I'm not going to stop being a high producing person. The question is whether or not I'm going to do so as a person that is full of anxiety and stress or I'm going to be a person who is high producing because God is actively working and he's doing it and I'm cooperating with it, which means the resources are never exhausted. Um, you know, in, in the former, I, I grow weary and really exhausted. But in the latter, I don't. It's I think it's ultimately the difference between people who like yield to burnout because they were the one burning and those who don't yield to burnout. And we, we're sort of awed by them because we're like, how do they keep on keeping on? Well, they're not doing it in their own power. And I want to be like that. Yes. And that, again, is where unhurried living comes in. There have to be patterns of rest and work. The reason someone like that can keep going is because they don't always keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, you, you, you have to, God gave us the Sabbath for a reason. It's not just for fun. It's because <laughs> it's because He knows our bodies, our souls, our minds need rest. And so, if we go directly to John fifteen, the vine and the branch, and the invitation is to remain or to abide. And then the where the branch meets the vine is just, you know, a stick attaching to another stick. And we're always concerned about the leaves and the grapes, right, out on the grapevine. Oh, I want to be about the grapes. And that's where we're getting tired. But see, our job, we it says we're the branch. So we remain on the vine, and then God produces the fruit. And that's a paradigm shift for most people. Absolutely. I'm also thinking about, you know, uh, when when a fruit tree, you know, overproduces on a branch and it collapses, right? I mean, like oh, there are yes. ways in which I'm like, oh no, more fruit, more fruit. And God's like, um, that branch is going to collapse. Like that's, <laughs> you can't yeah. do that. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's so sobering and it's so helpful. It's such a beautiful book. It's so, um, you're so vulnerable in it. Uh, I, I want to thank you for like, um, I like this one. Um, If you want to grow, the only place to begin is right where you are and as you are. You can start planting the seeds of change in the ground right in front of you. Like, I just so appreciate because you're just, you're not telling me I need to be somewhere other than I am doing something other than I'm doing. You invite me to stop and take notice of where I am and what's going on in my head and which thought is, you know, dominating right now. And then get that, get that in, in the right place and also get God's voice in the right place as well, which, you know, obviously is um, the guiding the guiding voice in all of this. So I don't want to give away everything because the book is so good and I want to invite people into it. You guys can connect with Jim at unhurriedliving.com. The book that we're talking about today, Hold That Thought, Sorting Through the Voices in Our Heads. We are giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877 877- Nine three three two four eight four. You should also check out Jem's podcast. I can do that. All of which you can connect with at unhurriedliving.com. Jem, thank you as always so much for joining us. What a delight. Thank you. All right, Jem is a gem. G-E-M, if you're looking for her online. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Hashtag pray the news here at the, um, you know, in this last minute that we have together. So there was a, um, a stampede 
uh, over the weekend in South Korea, and a lot of people lost their lives. And the the nation of South Korea is in a day of mourning. There are two families here in the United States of America who have now been notified that their students, um, both of them 20 years old, um, Stephen Blessy from Kennesaw State University, who was an international business student studying abroad, and Anne Geiske, a 20-year-old nursing student from the University of Kentucky. Um, those two families here in the U.S. Um, you know, have been notified that their children are among the dead. Let's be praying Let's be praying for them today. Would you join me in that? Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.